0: We'll only read two verses and then I'll let you be seated. Thank you for standing this morning for a while. Honored to preach God's word to you today. It's a very special privilege to get to do this. Romans 8, verse number 13 and 14. Romans eight, thirteen and 14. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many, verse 14, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And this morning, for a few moments, I want to preach to you from the subject of Lead Me, Lord. That's my, been my prayer all week. It's been my prayer for a while. But my prayer is, Lord, would you lead me? Would you lead me? If that's your prayer, can you set your Bible down and exchange, lift both hands? And just ask, Lord, to lead us today. Lord, we're not capable. we're We're not enough to do it on our own. But, Jesus, we come and we ask you today, would you lead us today? Would you lead us through every mountain? Would you lead us over, lead us... Through every valley, would you lead us? Through everything that we experience, would you lead us today, God? That's our prayer. And our confidence is in you, Lord. Lead us in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And as you're seated, would you tell somebody they look great? And mean it. We're very glad you're here. Thanks for coming to New Life on this day. Just echoing what Pastor Shane said. We're just very, very thankful that you decided to come on this Sunday. There's a story in the book of Genesis. And as the story goes, Abraham is looking for his son, a wife. Now, if you ask parents in the room, they sure would like to choose the spouse for their kid. I'm just letting that sink in. So Abraham grabs his servant, his oldest servant. He grabs his servant and he sends him on a mission to go find his son, a wife. When he does this, he gives him some instruction. But one of the things that happens in Genesis chapter number 24 is he tells his servant who is unnamed, he tells him, the angel of the Lord will go before you And help you to find the person you're looking for. So as the story goes, the servant goes to a well. And he's at the well at a certain time of day. And he begins to pray. And he asks the Lord, help me, your servant, on this mission that I've been sent on. He asks for guidance and direction and help. And all of a sudden... A girl walks out by the name of Rebekah and comes to the well. And she comes down and and she gets water and she she waters the camels. And the servant runs over and he's ecstatic at the moment. There's this exchange that happens. And so Isaac that day finds a wife in Rebekah because of the plan and the timing and the work of God. But the underlying theme of the story, while there's many principles and many things inside of it, one of the underlying principles is the prayer and the the spirit working behind the scenes to make this interaction happen. Because what you have in the story is Abraham saying, the Lord will send an angel before you and he he will bless this and he will work this thing out. And what I find remarkable is that Rebecca may not even have ever seen an angel, she may not have even felt goosebumps, she may not know all the dynamics that are play, but on that day she walks to the right well at the right time, at the right moment and the plan and the will of God is unfolded right there. Now I would tell you this in my opinion, she whether she's aware of it or not is being led by the spirit of God and it should be all of us it should be our mission our focus to let God lead let him lead us when God leads he's working for our good when God leads the path that he is setting is the right path I'm going to let that one sink in too When God leads, he knows the end from the beginning. So we ought to let him lead us. We ought to let him go before us. I've come here today to ask you a question. Who is leading your life? Maybe even more than that, what is leading your life? Who has taken the lead for you? Who has the control over the decisions you make, the actions you take, the things that you do. What's in control right now? Is it you? Or is it me? Is it dreams? I'll get I'll get it even a little more personal, okay? Is it money? Is it ambition or success? For some, is it Fear? Or concern or worry for some and others and I've been guilty of this too so I'm not casting stones because the guy with the mic is just as guilty of this am I making decisions and letting other people's opinions lead my life am I letting that be the driving force of the decisions I make and the places I go and the things that I do am I letting something else take control of that of my life now How many of you, this is is a very simple question, there's no tricks here, okay? Who has a dog? Okay, good, good number of people. Now, how many of you with your hands raised a moment ago, how many of you walk your dog? Now, this is not a test, nobody's judging you for your lack of walking a dog, nobody's judging you. You walk your dog, okay? Okay? I'm not going to go any further. I thought some stuff came in my head, and I'm like, nope, don't say it. You walk your dog, right? Now, serious question. you, Everybody in this room has seen somebody walking their dog before. You've seen it, right? Some way, shape, form, or compassion. You know, you've seen it. Now, have you ever seen someone's dog walking them? Does anybody have a dog like that? Their dog walks them. They say they're taking the dog for the walk. That's really not what's happening. That dog is dragging them along. I watched a video this week. A guy's driving a car, and I think it's in Croatia. He was driving down the road, and all of a sudden he has to slam on his brakes because a a huge German shepherd is pulling a child across the street. The child is just, Got the it's wrapped on in the, and the and the the child is just drug across the street and, and it was hilarious the pe- they're laughing and you and I would laugh too because the reality is that is an unnatural sight. No dog should be walking a human, the humans should be walking the dog. Am I right? And yet. Here we have so many times and so many places things that God has given you dominion over and you're letting them walk you. I feel the Holy Ghost. You were given dominion, you were given authority, and it is time that those things stop walking you and you start walking them. Those things shouldn't be pulling you along, but it's time for you to walk the dog. It's time for you to walk in the authority that God's given you to do. Let me show this to you in Scripture. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 26. Now, this is a familiar verse because it's in the creation story. And God said, let us make man in our own image, in our image, after our likeness. And then watch, and let them have dominion. Dominion, authority, power over. Let them have dominion. But it is important, ladies and gentlemen, today, what we have dominion over. Because the Bible says this, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He mentions three levels of things you have dominion over. Now listen, listen, This is not a verse that you should go out and pray every time you go fishing. I know. I'm ruining people's theology in Arkansas on a Labor Day weekend. No sir, no ma'am. You were given dominion over the fish which swim underneath the surface. You were given dominion over the fowl which are in the air. And you were given dominion over the cattle and the things that are on the earth. So listen, when God created you and He puts His spirit inside of you, you were created to have the to have dominion over the things that are on the inside, and you were created to have dominion over the things that are on the outside in the spirit world. And you were created to have dominion over the resources that God provides. You were created to have dominion over everything that we see on this earth. You were made that way. So ladies and gentlemen, it's time for these things that we were given dominion over to stop leading us and stop dragging us and moving us to wherever they feel like we need to go. But it is time today to put the right thing in the right place and let the Lord lead us. Let him have that spot. Listen, it's so important, the leading of God. It's so important, the leading, because, listen, you can be led to two types of places. Let me show this to you in Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Let me show this to you in our Bible. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Now watch verse number 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captives, silly women laden with sins, led away by diverse lust. See, if you allow it, there are things in this current society, culture, and world that can lead you if you let them. There is a prevailing spirit of the age, the spirit of the Antichrist that exists right now. And if you allow yourself to be led by that, you will be led captive is what the Bible says and you can find yourself in a place being led to a place you were never intended to be if you just go with the flow if you just roll with society if you just let whatever happens in culture happen and it just affects you however but if you decide to let God lead you listen let me read to you Romans chapter number 2 verse number 4 Or despisest thou the riches of the goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. Listen, I've got a choice today. What leads me? I can let things lead me to captivity. Or I can let things lead me to the goodness of God. I can let things lead me to the kingdom of God. I can let things lead me to what and who God is. And I've got that choice today, what leads my life. Listen, the the genesis of this message, where it started, I I was praying in the prayer room right over here earlier this week. I was praying in there. And I had my heart set, or my mind set, I guess you could say. I had my heart set that I was going to preach something impressive. (laughs) Right? Like you have to stand up here and... There's some type of audience, and you got to preach something that really wows everybody. And I was walking back and forth in the prayer. Room, and has God ever messed up your ideas before? Anybody? So I'm walking back and forth, and I'm like, God, if, if you want me to preach this, I'll preach this. If you want me to say this, I'll say this. This, is, this, is, this will be really good, God, if you let me do it. This will be really good. And I said three words out of my mouth, and it was like a pile of of the presence of God. I don't know, it just dropped on me. Something just fell on me. I said these three words, lead me, Lord. And it was like the moment I said those three words, it was immediately like, that's what you're going to preach on Sunday. That's what needs to be said from the pulpit. And I, I, I argued with him for a moment and said, well, I mean, couldn't we do something a little, you know, more... Like, everybody in there is going to know that's what they need to do, right? So couldn't we do something, whatever? And he's like, nope. Here's the reason. Because until they let me lead them, they'll never end up where I'm calling them. So get up on Sunday morning... Pull whatever out that you got to do and preach to those people and tell them, God's got to be in control of your life. God's got to be in the leadership position. Let the Lord lead us today. It's His spot, and I want Him to lead me. For this is our God, our God who forever and ever, Psalm 48 and 14, He will be our guide even unto death. Psalm 25 and 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me for thou art the God of my salvation and on thee do I wait all the day long. I need him to lead me. I can't do this by myself. When I consider all of the things that I've got to do and to be, I cannot do those things on my own. I am not capable enough by myself. But if the Lord leads me, But if his spirit is in control, if he is the one that's leading my life, I can end up where he wants me to go. There's no greater example in scripture. There's no place, in my opinion, greater that teaches us about the leading of God. No greater illustration, I should say, than the leading of the pillar of cloud and of fire that's in the Old Testament. Nehemiah would say this in Nehemiah 9 and 18 and 19 about the leading of the cloud. Yea, when he had made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt and had wrought thee great provocations. Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud departed them not from the day to lead them in the way. Neither the pillar of cloud by night to show them light, and the way wherein they should go. It was because of His mercy, his, and, the, and this is what I love, His manifold mercies that He led them. Make no mistake about it today. The only reason we have the opportunity to be led by God is because of His rich mercy. Your greatest need in your life is the mercy of God. Him leading us. To lead us in the way. We're led by His mercy. Exodus chapter 13 verse number 20 tells us the first time we see about this cloud. And they took a journey from Succoth verse number 20. And encamped at Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. To lead them the way. And by night a pillar of fire to give them light. So that they could move by day and night and he took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night but from before the people they needed something to lead them now i have no doubt in this room if i were to take a poll from all the people that are here you would like god to send a cloud to show you where to go anybody You sure, I've I've sat with people and I've been there myself. I've sat in moments and thought, boy, it sure would be nice if somebody would write this across the sky for me. Anybody? And yet, that's what they got. A cloud, a pillar of cloud to lead them in the day, which turned to fire by night like a giant nightlight. Anybody need the room to be completely dark when you sleep? There were some people that shot their hands straight up in the air. Like they said, if this room were completely dark right now, I'd take a nap. They needed that. Now, you would probably be frustrated because you have a giant nightlight sitting right out your camp, right out your tent the whole night. God would show up and show his presence in a very dramatic way, giving them the constant assurance that he was with them. As long as they followed the cloud. And as long as they followed where that went, when it went, how fast it went, how slow it went, as long as they followed that, God was with them. They were unable to lead themselves the proper route, the proper place, the pace, the proper destination. They needed something higher to lead them. So let me tell you this morning, you and I, we need something higher than us to lead us. We need something greater than us to lead us. We need something that knows the end from the beginning to lead us. We can't do it amongst ourselves. We need something greater to lead us. I read this week in in my Bible, I read this week, That they had the cloud that would lead them. And then the Bible says in Numbers chapter number 10 that they, as they were walking through and leading through the wilderness there was Moses' brother-in-law whose name was Hobab. Which, listen, I know my mom gave me two middle names but if, if I came out of the womb that day and she said he looks like a Hobab we would have taken some legal steps to change a few things. <laughs> you too, you know. He came out, he, 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 he was there, he came out for the camp, and they said, hey, Hobab, we need you to come with us. And Hobab's hesitant at first, but they say, look, you know the way. So we need your help to go with us. I know that we've got the cloud, but we also need a guide. So let me hit a pause right here because this is so important for us. I know you've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost can lead you. And the Holy Ghost can help you. But there are times, many, many times, that you need the voice of a guide who can help walk you through this wilderness. And I, we are so blessed at New Life with the great pastor and pastor's wife. We are so blessed every single Sunday that a man of God stands in this pulpit, delivers the word of God, and he gives us a guide for how to live in this present age. He gives us a guide for how we ought to walk and how we ought to live. I'm thankful for a man of God. There's a lot of churches and a lot of places and a lot of things casting off the voice of a pastor. But you hear me. The world may think a shepherd's an abomination, but the church has to have a shepherd involved with its people. And I'm thankful today that we have a man of God to declare the word of God and be a guide here. Because we need it. We need it. They needed to see something, the children of Israel. They needed to have something that would hold them accountable, that would hold them in correction. They needed a guide. And so God provided for them a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And I believe, as you read in Scripture I believe that by this illustration and by this example, God is trying to teach us a few things about His leading. The first thing I think He's teaching us is that His leading is about the path. His leading is teaching us about His path for our life. There are many in today's world and society, there are many people that are concerned With the destination. Because they want to arrive. But you hear me today. The Lord is concerned with our journey to get there. He wants us to stay on His path. To get there. Here's what the Bible says. Psalm 23 verse 2 and 3. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and guess what? Again, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. In this psalm, he's telling us he's not worried or overconcerned like we are about where we end up. But there is a path of righteousness he wants to walk down. He wants us to walk down, and he's trying to teach us about it on the way. Psalm twenty-five and five: Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Psalm 27 and 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in the plain path. Because of mine enemies. I need him to teach me on his path. Listen, I, I, like many of you, I have had very difficult seasons of decision making. Where I had to figure out what's going to happen next. How does this work? What should I do? Should I say yes to this? Should I say no to this? Should I buy this or should I not buy this? Should I move there? Should I not move there? And let me tell you, many, 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 many times, it is not so much about all of the surrounding questions and things that you have to figure out. But the greatest question I've learned to ask myself in those type of seasons When a lot of decisions have got to be made, when big things have to move, the best question I have found for myself is this, Lord, what are you forming in me? Listen, if he were to just give me a yes, or if he were to just give me a no, then I wouldn't glean anything from that. Then I wouldn't have truths to hold on to. Listen, I want a yes or a no pretty quickly. I want it to happen fast. But I've learned, I have learned, even in heartache and decision, I ask him, what are you forming in me right now? What are you teaching me on the path that I'm on? From place to place and moment to moment, what are you teaching me where I am? Numbers chapter 11, after they have the pillar of cloud and they have the pillar of fire, And they're going along on their journey where they're supposed to go. Numbers 11, verse number 1 says, And when the people complained. Now, listen. Complaints are not the will of God. (laughs) I'm not making friends right now. Murmurings, complaining, it's not God's plan or will for your life. And if you boil down the reason why the children of Israel were complaining in this moment, it was because of the path the Lord was leading them on. They thought they should have been back in Egypt. They thought they could have had everything they had there. They thought everything was better where they were before. And yet the path that they were on led them to complain about where they were and what was going. Despite having a visible sign from God about where they should go, what they should do. They were complaining about the path that they were on. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me today. I preach to you what Job spoke out of his own mouth when he said, On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. And he hideth himself on the right hand, and I cannot see him. But you listen to verse number 10 in Job chapter 23. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth As gold. Because God cares and knows the path that you're on. And he's trying to teach you something on the path. So I don't know why some things happen. But lift your eyes off the why. And start asking God what are you forming in my life from this right here. What are you putting in me that I need to learn. You know, I've, I've reached a place, before I go on, I've reached a place, when I'm starting to go through a test or a trial, you know what my prayers has changed to? God, whatever I need to learn, would you just help me to learn it? Because I sure would like to move on right about now. Whatever it is you are, are trying to teach me, please, God, help me to not be so stubborn I can't learn it. That I can't hear what your voice is saying. I can't hear what you're speaking to me. Please help, help me to learn what it is you're teaching me. Because his leading is always about the path. He's trying to take us on. His leading is also the best pace for my life. If it's as much about the path as it is. It's also about the pace that he's taking my life on and he knows the best pace for my life. See numbers chapter number 33, it's a brief history of the children of Israel's travels from the time they get the cloud moving forward. And it says this in verse number 6. And when they departed from Succoth, they pitched their tent in Etham, and which is on the edge of the wilderness. Remember, we read that a second ago, that's where the cloud appeared. And they removed from Etham and turned up to Philtheron, which is in Belusam. I didn't. Pa- I didn't practice those words. Just want everybody to know. Those are tough ones. You get bonus points in Scrabble, and you would win every spelling test if you got that right. And they pitched before Migdol, and they departed to Pehitheroth and passed through the midst of the sea in the wilderness, and went three days' journey into the wilderness of Etham, and watched and pitched. In Marah. And they removed from Marah and came to Elam. And in Elam there were twelve fountains of water and three scores and ten palm trees. And they pitched there. Now, the word Marah, the place Mara, and the place Elam, they're very significant. Because it was in Marah, that's the place where they came across very bitter waters in Exodus chapter number 15. They stumbled across waters they could not drink from. The waters were so bitter they had to do something about it. And so they took a tree and they cast the tree into the water. And the waters became sweet. It was an amazing miracle from God. But it was also a testing that they had to endure. It was a moment that God tested them and their faithfulness and their understanding. And if they would be led by Him. So he tested them. The waters were bitter. They obeyed, cast the tree in, and the waters became sweet. And Then the Bible says they packed up their tent and they went to the place of Elam where it has palm trees and fountains of water. Because God knew when they finished their testing, they needed a place for resting. He knew what lied before them and beside them and around them. And he knew the moment they passed through this test. They're going to need to find some rest beyond this. So you hear me today New Life Church. Everyone that's here. You hear me today. He knows the seasons we're in. And he knows what's before us and beside us and around us. And he knows the timing and the place and the pace that we ought to live. So listen, I know sometimes it seems like things don't go your way and you get shut down or something stops you. But you hear me, the Holy Ghost is at work if he's leading you. And maybe, just maybe, he's trying to get your attention and your pace has to change. Because he knows what's around you. You don't know everything around you, but he knows what's around you. Let him lead. This also tells us whatever you're in the middle of now, you're going to come out of that eventually. Whatever you find yourself in the middle of now, as difficult as that season may be, you're going to walk out of that season into a season of refreshing and get exactly back the things that were taken away from you because God knows the pace you need. And his leading is about the path, and it's about the pace. But his leading also is for my protection. His leading teaches us about protection. Psalm 105, verse 39. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light by night. You see, the leading of the Lord is about a path, and it's about a pace, But it's also about the protection that God can give and provide for us. I've said it multiple times already. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what I'm going to face. But he does. And God sent the cloud to cover them. The Bible says in Exodus chapter number 14... When the Israelite army was chasing them down, God raised up that cloud to stand as a protection from the army and the children of Israel because his leading, he is leading and protecting me every step of the way. Let him cover you. Stop trying to be in control and let him cover you. Stop trying to have all the answers and let him lead you because his leading is about his protection as well. He's trying to keep us. He's trying to protect us. He's leading us even now. Romans 8 and 14. I read it at the beginning of my message this morning. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When I read that this week, preparing for this moment, this is the thought that came to me. My sonship with Him is directly tied to the leadership He has in my life. My sonship with Him is directly connected to my willingness to let Him lead me. And listen, I don't want to live just as a servant of God, but I want to live as a son and daughter of God. I want to live in that type of relationship with Him. I want to live with that type of His voice speaking and leading my life. And I've got to get out of the driver's seat and let Him lead. I've got to not let fear lead me anymore. And I've got to not let worry lead me anymore. And I've got to not let money make my decisions anymore. But I've got to let Him lead me. Because my sonship with Him... It depends on me letting him lead. It depends on me allowing him to lead in that spot. One of the most popular verses in the Bible is Psalm 61 when it comes to this. It says this. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From, From the end of the earth I cry unto thee. And when my heart is overwhelmed... Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Listen, we live in a time with all the challenging things of our current times. When my heart feels overwhelmed, I sure would like to get on my own path or a different path. When my heart is overwhelmed, I sure like to go at a different pace. When my heart is overwhelmed, I sure like to get out of protection and leave and try and defend myself. But you hear me. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. I need something greater than me to lead me. I need something higher than me to lead me. Would you stand with me this morning? When you do, would you lift your hands up and would you, would you call on the name of the Lord for a second? I feel His presence in the room. Would you just say, Lord, lead me? We are living in a current time where more and more things will get out of control. It already feels like a lot of things are out of control right now. You look across the world stage. You look at leadership all over the place. You look at decisions that are being made. You look at things here in America. You look at things in Europe. You look at things over in the Far East. You look all over the place. And things feel like they're out of control. Things feel like there's no true leadership that's happening. And listen to me for a moment, because this was not planned for me to say, but I'm gonna say it. That's setting the stage for something, let me rephrase for someone to step up with the answers and say, I can help us lead through this confusion. And lead through this chaos. And lead through this. I can give the answers and bring peace and safety. I can come and bring the answers and bring bring everything. I can do that. It's setting that type of stage. So maybe, just maybe, God wanted me to preach this message on this day. To remind us that if that void or that leadership seat in your life is taken by something else other than the Lord, then maybe on the day that that man, that person arises up, the Antichrist, when that happens, maybe it will be easy for you to follow him. But if you make the decision today that I'm going to let the only God, my God, lead me, if I'm going to pray the prayer this morning, Lord, would you lead me? If I'm gonna make that choice, then that throne won't be unoccupied when that time comes. And whatever man, thing, whatever rises up in the next few months, years from right now, that seat is already taken. I know who's leading my life. I know who's in control of all this. I know he is leading me. Would you give me the chance to pray of us? Would you step out? Would you make your way to the front? Can we have a moment together as a church body to make a commitment that we are going to let him lead us? I'm sure there's more things coming. And I don't want to feel or have things out of control. But I want him. I want to pray daily. Lord, would you lead me? I may not know everything about the path or the pace, Or the things I need protection from, but God, would you lead me today? Would you lead my emotions? Would you lead my thought life? Would you lead my heart? Would you lead me today? Can we lift our hands in this altar? And as we do, can you lift your voice as well? Lead me, Lord.